It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. You've probably heard the myth that pro-lifers only care about babies, not women, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Today, I'll be speaking with Dawn Fitzpatrick, board president of the March for Life Chicago, the Midwest's largest pro-life event. The celebration of human dignity welcomes people of all ages to come together and show their support for the unborn in a culture that largely devalues their lives. This year, the March of Life is expected to be larger and more attended than ever. Dawn, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about this. Uh, I am really excited about this. As you know, I'm I'm a participant every year. I've been there when it was 20 below and when yep. it was 40 degrees and and uh, and it watched it grow from actually the first years it was fairly small. Yes. Um that's no longer the case even though oftentimes it's not reported for what the full size of it is. Uh before we get into the march itself, uh give us a little of your background and how you started doing March for Life. Well, certainly. So I um, actually work for the Archdiocese of Chicago, the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago. That's my full-time job. I run the Respect Life Ministry um, Chastity Education Initiative, and I've been here in Chicago working on six years now um, running that ministry. I also run a ministry called Project Rachel, which is a healing ministry for women and men who are suffering after an abortion. So right there is one of your answers to um, how we help women. (laughs) You know, we'd certainly understand that there's an irreparable harm that happens after an abortion that nobody told this, this woman she was going to have to deal with. You know, often women are told this, this will fix it. You know, we get this abortion, your life will get back to normal. It'll be as if you never had to go through this, which is so untrue. So oh, these it, are, it is. And you know, and I'm just hearing two things in what you just said there. We did mm-hmm. a, um, a Supreme court amicus curiae brief in the, um, mm-hmm. in the Roe v. Wade rehearing that took place. So oh, probably about 10 years ago now where, mm-hmm. uh, Roe had changed her mind. Sure, that Norma Corby, yeah. That's right, and she asked the court to reconsider that decision. Um, And our entire argument, uh, I believe uh, Project Rachel was one of our clients, was talking about the harm to women that abortion does uh, and how that wasn't understood by the court in 1973. Um, Talk a little bit, before I do that, one more thing too. You Mm -hmm. mentioned it's not just harm to women. Right. It harms it's not men. just it harms harm to the family. baby, it's also harm to men. It, it really is because, you know, at this point, there's a rhetoric that says that men don't matter, which is absolutely wrong. Of course they do. And, and it's also said, well, it's not your body, so why should you care? But we've always been trying to hold men accountable, and now we're telling them they don't matter at all. That it, it's, it's just the, the rhetoric amazes me. We go from you need to be a responsible father to you don't matter at all. I mean, it makes no sense at all. So, yes, so men also suffer after after abortion. Sometimes 
they're the forcers, but a lot of times they don't even know that right. this this woman that they may love very deeply chooses to have an abortion until after the fact. And then they they have to deal with what their role was in that and the fact that their own child is no longer with us. You know, so so that that's just awful harm to him. But and all and beyond that, I've had grandmothers call me who just can't even look at their daughters because they understand that their daughter had an abortion and killed their grandchild. And these women call me so in angst and in, in such hurt because they have no more, you know, no, no relationship with their daughter any longer. And it's just, it, it's so sad what, what abortion does to hurt people, um, families. And, and, you know, honestly, we are here for every other person on this earth. And if we deny a child a life, not only are we denying that child a life, but we're denying all all of us the opportunity to to benefit from that child's life you know so so it's i mean we're just doing irreparable harm to everyone with abortion you know and and tell me if if you think differently but i've always viewed um a, a woman who has an abortion um there's something within her that knows that that wasn't right and so it it's like yes. a beach ball that you put underwater after a while it just it comes to the surface anyway, and I and I really believe yeah. that happens so often. It does, and and you know, no matter what people want to say and what the culture is saying, um, women are created to, uh, you know, to to actually have children. <laughs> That's the way yes. we're created. We we are wired in such a way, physically, mentally, spiritually, to be mothers. And when you deny yourself that, or uh, prevent it, or even uh, force it not to happen, then you're denying the, your own purpose in life. And and sometimes it takes a woman a long time to realize that, or she doesn't realize why her life went amok after she had the abortion. And so, and at some point in her life, she looks back and says, I can draw back, you know, all these issues I've had to that moment that I chose to take my child's life. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you're just tuning in, Make sure to visit MalkBaker.com to hear the rest of this interview. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, I'm speaking with Don Fitzpatrick, board president of the March for Life Chicago. And we're talking about, um, we've been talking a little bit about the negative side Um Let's talk a little bit more about uh, how is being pro-life empowering to both children and adults, especially mm -hmm. women. Sure. So, if, when you allow when you allow a child to be born, of course, we're we're uh, we're giving them the opportunity to be a very productive member of society. I mean, that's that's just a basic you know reason for the positive right there. How do we how do we know what that person's capable of? That we're now you know we may have had a cure for cancer by now if we hadn't killed sixty one point eight million people before they were born since 1973, you know? And that's only um, the U.S., by the way. Exactly, exactly. So there's just so much we don't know. We, and we, it, it, to know that we have new, fresh life coming into the world is, is, is so exciting. And, I, you know, I think about when a, when a baby's wanted, how excited people get about the birth of that child. We should be that excited about the birth of every child, I mean, it just it just built it just bubbles up beauty. It bubbles up positive energy. We've we've unfortunately built up a culture of death um, in in deciding that people are don't deserve the dignity of life. Um, 
you give them the dignity of life and right there you have a positive right there it empowers you know it also empowers women to to be who they're meant to be um interestingly enough when the suffragist movement started in the late 1800s it was it was started to celebrate the strengths of women their natural strengths and to say that we are we deserve equal rights as equal human beings and we should celebrate our, our fertility. We should celebrate our motherhood. We should celebrate that we can bring life into the world. And that was such an incredible thing to bring women and people together starting in the late 1800s. You know, it was, it, that, that's what, I, what empowers. I'm, I'm hearing so many things here. And, and one mm-hmm. of the things, uh, for, I, I'm a father with six children, and I didn't know I was marrying a woman who was a family waiting to happen. Right, <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm so glad I did. I, I didn't really have a lot of clue. I was uh, just not really tuned into that. And and but my wife just knew how important family was. And and uh, so we had our first child, and that was great. And thought we better have a second one to to even things out. And and uh, then we had a third. And then by that time, I'd caught on. Right. Uh, we've been we've been talking a little bit about. Um, you know, how does it really empower? Well, I say this and it's a, a bit tongue in cheek, but in a way it's not. It's almost like it's made me human as a as a male. Mm-hmm. I've had to stop thinking about myself and I've had to begin to focus on others in ways that yeah. I wouldn't have if I hadn't been given the privilege of being a father. Um, I'm very grateful to my wife for for the incredible, it is hard work. It's, it's yeah. a true, but in that hard work is this incredible beauty and flourishing of what it means to be human. So I, I, yeah. I just with you a hundred percent on that. Well, and you know, there's such a misunderstanding of what it means to love in today's culture. People are told that love means taking what you can get and somebody's going to give you everything. But truly, love is a gift of self. Love is losing yourself by giving yes. yourself. And, and so, yes, I can't, I can't stop saying yes to that. That's exactly yeah. right. And family has a unique way of doing that, doesn't it? It, it does. But, but you know what? A, what a wonderful feeling you get, and and just knowing at the end of the day that you took care of your children, and how beautiful they are, and how much they're accomplishing and how exhausted you are, but what a beautiful experience, right? I mean, that's, that's, Oh, absolutely. That's love. That's empowering. That makes you have a sense of purpose. Your children have a sense of purpose. All of us benefit from those children that you brought into the world. I mean, when our sixth was being born, I was really praying it would be twins. Oh gosh. Cause I, cause I knew that was the last one we were having and and I really wanted more. So, but we didn't have twins. We only had well, okay. So, so six is good. Six is good. But you know what amazes me is how people look at a family with six children or more, or even three children or more, and they say, "What the heck are you doing? Don't you know what causes that?" It's like, um, yes, and it's a wonderful thing. You know? You, know, you know, usually when they ask me, I go, "No, what is it?" <laughs> you know, I just look at them with a blank stare on it. Um, so. Just looking at this, uh, we'll come back and talk more about family, and and I want to get into the march that's going to be taking place. So coming up, we will talk further with Don Fitzpatrick, board president of March for Life of Chicago, about being pro-life is also being pro-woman. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. 
Hi, I'm Ashley. My husband and I really wanted to adopt, but we were intimidated by all of the adoption regulations and paperwork. We needed an attorney who not only understood the law, but also cared for our family. That's what we found with the attorneys at Malkin Baker. The team at Malkin Baker not only carefully guided us through the adoption process, but they also regularly took the time to pray for our growing family. It's so clear that their dedication to the gospel drives what they do. Call us at 312-726-1243. That's 312-726-1243. And let's talk. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, I'm speaking with Don Fitzpatrick, board president of the March for Life Chicago. We've been talking a little bit about what it means to be pro-life and, and the beauty of that. Um, Don, I wanted to go on. Um, why do some people view pro-life as being anti-women? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's really interesting because as I was saying in the last segment, the the suffragists in the late 1800s who actually put forth the feminist movement and worked to get women the right to vote also viewed um, viewed abortion as inconceivable and a crying evil and an oppression of women. So we start. They started the rhetoric saying, you know, this is keeping women down. This is denying what women um, were actually created to do. Why the the strengths of women? I mean, how incredible is it that women can bring forth life? I mean, that's an incredible thing that men can't do. So why would you want to totally stop that from happening and say that women need to be just like men? So what we're really doing by by forcing abortion or by putting it forth as a good is oppressing women. But, but the way that the, uh, the rhetoric has come forth, they've turned that upside down and say the only way to be strong is to sterilize ourselves or to kill that life within ourselves because it's going to hold us back. Bringing forth life is what we do best. I mean, it's the most incredible thing women can do. Well, it, it's not just bringing forth life. It's also that caring. Yes. And- teaching that new life what it means to be human to care for others so yeah and the pro-life movement really is big on this tell us a little bit about that too Mm -hmm. so in the in the pro-life movement we've always always worked to make sure that women had what they needed in order to be a successful mother we have pregnancy centers that help women with prenatal care help them to have ultrasounds so that they can see that their baby's healthy or that they need some special care ahead of time um, before the baby's born. They help women to choose life and understand that there's people supporting them. They, they will refer them to uh, doctors that will help them with their prenatal care. And we even have centers that will um, give women who need it a place to live, uh, not only while they're pregnant, but you know a year or two into that child's life so that they can get some job skills training and, and feel supported enough to be able to hold a job. I mean, it, it's just the most incredible thing. We also have uh, you know centers that help with adoption. We have people that are just waiting in line to adopt children that are, that are unwanted. It's, a, it's an interesting myth because I often see comments that people put on Facebook that say, well, until you're ready to adopt all of these unwanted children, then there's no reason to have them. 
Well, I, I know a lot of people that would that are standing in line waiting for children and have been for years. Just I, I do to too. Adopt. Yes, uh, my family. There's certainly that has been part of our family, uh, not mm-hmm. my immediate family, but you know, in my larger family, many adoptions. So yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so that's just a part of it. There's just so many opportunities out there to, you know, but through Catholic Charities, which is one of the largest social service organizations in the country. Uh, Aid for Women is one, the Women's Center. We even have a speaker at the March for Life Chicago this year from Aid for Women who chose life. You know, it's, it's just an, an incredible thing. Um, I have this impression, and, and you probably know much better than I am, most women who have their babies, whether married or not, keep them. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that adoption is not, most of the women don't choose to adopt. Am, am I right in that impression or is that not true? Well, I, I think that women who, that yes, that the women who choose life that were um, vulnerable to abortion, most of them choose to keep their child. One of the things that, that would, would help, though, is to understand that choosing an adoption plan is a loving option. Some people think they'd rather kill the child than have the child um, selected for ab- adoption by another family, yeah. which is which is really sad because you've, there's so many families that would love to have have that child that would love to raise that child that have so much love to give, and I and I think people think that they either have to uh, parent or or they have to to abort, which is there's other options. You know, you mentioned earlier a culture of death, and I that sounds to me like. One of the myths of the culture of death is yeah. if, if I can't do it myself, I have to kill it. And uh, it, it's hard to even understand that that logic. Let yeah. me let me segue here because at some point we're going to run out of time. And I want people to know about what's happening in Chicago. I believe it's January 11th. Am I right? It is. It's January 11th, which is a Saturday. And that's an important distinction because in the past we always had the March for Life Chicago on a Sunday. We've moved it to Saturday, which should really open the floodgates for the entire Midwest to come and spend the weekend in Chicago. And, and we're giving them a lot of opportunities um, that weekend to do pro-life so, activities. So start out and tell us, where is it? When is it? Yes. What's going on? So the March for Life Chicago is January 11th, Saturday at 1 p.m. at Daly Plaza this year. Now, in the past, we had it at Federal Plaza, um, but we've kind of outgrown Federal Plaza. So Daly Plaza gives us some more options. It's a little larger. Um, we can spill out into the streets more as necessary. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a great place. And then we will begin at Daily Plaza at 1 p.m. with a rally and some speakers. And then about 1.45, we'll start to march. Our plan, if the city of Chicago gives us the permit, is to walk down Michigan Avenue to the Congress Hotel because we have a convention going on there. So the march itself is a little over a mile. We'll spill into the convention and everyone can go on and see the exhibitors um, and attend. There'll be a Catholic mass there as well and some other some other activities that evening, a banquet, swing dancing for young adults to celebrate life. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Rich Baker, the law firm of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Don Fitzpatrick, board president for the March for Life uh, Chicago, which is about to take place. Um, Dawn, I noticed you said it's swing dancing for young couples. I am not a young couple any longer. Sure. I, intend, I intend to be there, and I've been practicing <laughs> my swing, by yeah. the way. So, so, so it, it's that, not that's only, one activity. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're raising this, and, and frankly, I've been to every march, mm-hmm. and it is 
vastly young people there, which is, is. I just love it when I'm there. Um, anywhere from high school and, and sometimes young kids, but all the way up, a lot of college kids, a lot of young young people, a lot of excitement going on there. But there are some of us older ones that get to go too. So don't, sure. don't leave us out. I'm not, I'm not leaving you out. That's a very important point is this is a intergenerational event. We have yes. people of all ages at, at the March for Life Chicago. Joe Scheidler comes He's in his 90s now. He's the founder of Pro-Life Action League. He's, he he sure does incredible is. work. And his son, yes. Eric, actually, is now the executive director of Pro-Life Action League, is our MC. So well, that's, um, yes. And Joe is still really going strong. I just saw him last Tuesday, a week ago. And, and he's oh, yes. a, a, an amazing man. Um, he is an amazing let me, man. Let me take you back for a second. You know, one of the things I love about that march is it's a very different atmosphere. I, I'm here in the loop. My offices are here. And so I hear a lot of the protests that take place over at Daly Center and the marches and everything. And usually yeah. it's people with bullhorns and they're screaming angry things and they're they're holding signs and kind of pointing them at everybody and just being angry. Mm-hmm. And what I find every year at the pro-life march is it's one of the most peaceful events Oftentimes we're marching quietly, um, or just talking with whoever we're walking with, and and mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's almost a festive atmosphere. Uh, it's yes. just an, a most amazing thing. Well, and and it's interesting that you put it that way because what the um, the mainstream media usually calls it is an anti-abortion protest, which is. I mean, yes, of course, we are doing that, but we're not doing that angrily like you would imagine a protest would be. So that's a really good point. And interestingly enough, we actually have been called a block party for life before. <laughs> People are jumping up and down I to- dancing. I totally cheering. get it. And I think this year it's going to be more of a block party for life. Yes. And people are coming from everywhere. So it's, you know, we've had a lot of people say that they really can't go to D.C., although they could do both, especially with the two weeks in between that it falls this year. But some people say, I really can't get to D.C., but this is something I can do. It's just a state away or it's just two states away. Uh, I'm certainly in that boat. mm -hmm. So we have people confirmed not only from Illinois, but we have them coming from Indiana, Michigan, Iowa, Missouri, Indiana. So they come from all over. I wanted to make uh, two more points. One, and at some point we're going to run out of time. Number one, this is not only a Catholic event. The Orthodox are there. Many Protestant churches will be there. It is open to everybody. Yes. And the second thing is, can you give us a little bit about who will be speaking this year at the march? The president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, is speaking, which is such a wonderful thing that we have an ecumenical event in our March for Life Chicago. We also have Claire Colwell, who is an abortion survivor. We have Dr. Pat Castle, who's the founder of Life Runners. Cardinal Stupich will be there, as always. An aide for women client who chose life for her baby. A, a We Dignify College student leader, Alex Leon. Um, and then, of course, I'll be there. So, <laughs> so we want you all to come. We want you all to come. We'll be there. Dawn, how can our listeners learn more about the March for Life in Chicago? They can go to marchforlifechicago.org and find out all the information, all the activities, everything that's going on with our new convention, um, also everything that will be happening at the march, all the speakers. And we highly encourage anyone of, of any faith or of no faith, if because you believe in the cause of life, to come. 
Dawn, thanks for speaking with us today. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. On our website, you'll find our Lawyers for Jesus podcast, and you can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney at Malkin Baker. This is Lawyers for Jesus. have to serve somebody Yes indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody